Hey, what's up? My name is Rob Palin, and welcome to the Proof of Talent podcast, the show where we talk about everything related to the career journey within the blockchain, crypto, and Web3 space. Today, we have on Lauren Gamby, who is the Director of People at BlockWorks. Now, you probably know BlockWorks from their podcast network, from their website, their research products. They're all over the place right now, and for good reason. But in this episode, we're going to talk to Lauren specifically around the people function within BlockWorks, her background as a people leader, and, and what that even really means. Now, previously, in a lot of these episodes, we've talked specifically about the talent acquisition side of the house, the recruiting function for companies in the blockchain and crypto space. And now we're going to get into a number of topics really around creating a good work environment, employee retention, things of that nature, and what Lauren and the team at BlockWorks are doing to make it a you know really great place to work. Because to create a good external product, a lot of that is having great people internally who are happy and successful. So we're going to talk about all that and more in today's episode. Before we hop into that interview with Lauren, if you are looking for your next opportunity within the crypto industry or your first opportunity within the crypto industry, feel free to reach out to the team at Proof of Talent. We'll help you to the best of our ability find that next opportunity, that next role within the space. Or if your company is currently hiring, you're looking for some key talent to help grow and take you to the next level feel free to reach out. Links will be below in the podcast and YouTube descriptions for both of those things. Now, let's hop into the interview. Well, Lauren, thanks so much for taking the time to join the Proof Town podcast. Really appreciate it. And as a podcast, I think traditionally, we have focused really heavily on the recruiting side of the house, but you are the director of people at BlockWorks. Can you maybe from just from the jump, what is the difference between the people function and the recruiting function, if anything? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely unique in that I've spent my entire career like dabbling in both um, because I've always been in these super early stage startups coming in as a first people hire and setting the foundation to scale. So when you're kind of in that space, the two play like hand in hand. I think that like, Ultimately, they really, I feel like it's hard to separate them. They're very different in terms of from like an operational perspective, like the work that they do. But at the end of the day, they sort of all serve the purpose of building and maintaining a culture that is aligned with our vision, mission, and values um, in order to like really fuel the best possible performance out of our team. Like they both serve that mission. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um when I when I was thinking about director of people, obviously I think it's such a powerful position, right? You're kind of banding your team together, creating this like really unique culture or some organizations are doing so. And I definitely think Blockworks has done a great job of that. Um and what's cool as well is like I first reached out to you back in January of this year and you'd just gotten in the web three space. And fast forward, you know, it's probably over six months. I'd love to learn like, you know why you made the tra transition into Web3 and like, what were you doing prior to getting in the space? Yeah, so um, a, a long story, like journey there. I can kind of talk like more about like my sort of career and how the Twisted Web is taken, but I've worked across a ton of different verticals, digital advertising, e-com, retail, venture, consumer tech, fintech. I'm now within media crypto. And 
I think I had a boss that told me really early on in my career that my greatest skill was being an expert learner. And I think I'm super curious by nature and I love understanding how a business model works. So I think it makes sense that I like naturally gravitated towards like different industries because of that curiosity. And I think it's honestly made me a better leader and operator having had to learn to adapt in a lot of different contexts. And I think it's allowed me to be able to go into an org and create a context for myself, which allows me to like move very quickly because I can like create that context quickly. And I think it's also been a really incredible way to build a network because mine is like so varied. Um, and ultimately I want to be an angel and an advisor. So there's also some long-term reasons for why I've dabbled across a lot, but I think what, like what led me to like web three is a part of that, right. Is like kind of wanting to dabble and like being curious, which I think is a huge part of web three. I think things that have been like challenging about always sort of like changing between all these different industries is that they all have like different nuances and cultures. And I think that it's, it, within Web3, it's like a different type of talent with a different value set. So you have to like really adapt to that and understand it. Um, I was a history major. And so I'm like very interested in like history and culture and anthropology. And I think that sort of like plays into this. Like I think mm -hmm. every industry has sort of like an origin story and that's brought them to this place. And that plays into like what they believe and how people think. And so as a people leader, you have to really like understand that in order to understand how to build and motivate teams. And I think the Web3 space in particular has like a very interesting origin story and sort of like belief set. How do you feel like the origin story of the Web3 space like affects talent? I'm curious of, of your take on that. Yeah, so I think that some I think there's certain things that are like very well I think there's sort of like from a talent from an acquiring talent perspective and then like from a culture perspective so from an acquiring talent perspective I think there's like some things that are very straightforward that are sort of like these very unique quirks um in the space which is like things like candidates wanting to be a non um we're definitely starting to see a challenge with like people who are U.S. based, but who are planning to move abroad due to like regulate regulator situations. Um, and then I think there's like this much broader piece, which is that the industry is young, both in like years that it's been around and in the like actual talent within it. And so I think that one is much of the talent like has never worked in a traditional workplace. Like with sort of understanding like what I call like the basics of business, like things that, you know, we might have experienced in like a more traditional. Now I've really never worked in like corporate America. I'm like a true startup junkie, but there's sort of like that piece. And then I think there's this piece about having industry that's like young in years. There's just like not a bench of talent that's like been there, done that. Um, and so I think, for example, I'll like use one of our roles. So we've been looking for a director of podcasts and we really want someone who understands our content. So like is very crypto native, but at the same time knows how to build a team and lead and like resource for a podcast network, but 
we're literally the largest crypto podcast network that there is. And there's no one that's done this before because we haven't done it and we're the ones like doing it. So like this person doesn't really exist, right? And I actually was having a chat last night at Blockworks Beers, our networking events, and with an operator in the space who's very crypto native. And we were talking about the challenges of like bringing operators into this space, like people who like know how to build and scale and within their area of expertise. And I think a lot of what you've seen in this space over the past couple of years is there being a lack of understanding of like how to go zero to one. And I don't know, it's just prompted some things in my brain of like, we don't want to like Silicon Valley crypto, but it's like, how do we like bring in talent with like wisdom and experience to help like supercharge this space without both sides being frustrated, like with each other, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, that's sort of perspective there on that. It's definitely a very untraditional space thus far. And and like me traveling to all the different conferences this year, you can kind of just read that vibe with the people that you're meeting. Even the clothes that people are wearing at conferences, like it doesn't feel like I'm going to a like corporate conference. It's like we're hanging out, make, making friends. And like, yeah, it, it's just such a different environment. But I think that's like also kind of the beauty and like what draws people to the space is like it's not super like buttoned up or corporate people feel like they can be themselves when they're stepping in to the space you'd mentioned something about like values and how that differs from maybe like the traditional web 2 space and what you've experienced in web 3 i'd love for you to dive deeper into like you know how has that been different you know for the web 3 space yeah i think it's it's actually very interesting because as someone who is very much a newcomer to the space, like having joined Blockworks back in January and really not having any experience or like knowledge in the space, um, I think I did a lot of research to kind of understand it better. And Mike and Jason, our founders, like in the recruiting process, like a lot of the things that I was telling them was like my own personal values, which are autonomy, transparency, and trust. And they were Mm. like, well, I think that you're going to do well in this world. And so I think what's really interesting is that a, a lot of, this is about like, I mean, you guys tell me, but like building a better internet with users at the center of it. And a lot of the tenets of the space is, decentralized, trustless, transparent community. And I think that I've realized that a lot of the values that like I've always led with as a people leader and sometimes haven't been successful in certain orgs because they didn't value those. um, Like that's very like inherent in this space. And so what's actually interesting is that I found myself feeling more aligned with like the values of like the web three space than I have with other spaces. And that's allowed me to be able to, to do better work, I think ultimately. And I think I always think of like kind of going back to like how I take these values and put it into the context of like people work and world is I really think of people teams as like very similar to product teams and try to like lead my teams with that mindset. So I really don't want to build products 
products are programmed policy systems that like don't work for our teams or like aren't built with like it, that don't function well for them that like they don't want to like take part of like I'm always thinking about how can we build things that put more like agency into the hands of our teams whether that's like regarding performance compensation like where and how they work I think it's really about like giving them the frameworks for like how they want to do their job and you really can't do that without like trust and transparency and like providing that to them so I actually think that a lot of my values align like super well. I think the piece that is I've learned has been like challenging is just that like with my work, even if I lead with those values, there is this like inherent need for like process and structure, like just by nature of needing to scale. And I think that's where sometimes that understanding um, isn't there. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And one thing I, I feel like kind of going back to the uniqueness of the of the industry. So you've been now in seat at Blockworks for the past, you know, six plus months. What has been I don't want to say like the most shocking or may, maybe like what's been like the most interesting thing as you've kind of been been re- like operating within this space or, you know, within Blockworks? What's been the most interesting thing as you've kind of scaled out this people function for the organization? Yeah, I think the most interest, I think it's, there's like two different things. I think I don't, I've never been in a role or in an industry where people have like this much passion for their work and how intertwined it is with their values and like how they want to live their life. Um, And that's very like motivating for me as a leader. Um, And especially like right now with our team, it's like we are building through this incredibly like difficult period, but the amount of people who are just like, we're going like, let's go like rocket to the moon because they have like so much conviction in what we're working on. And I think that that's something that's like very special and, and, you know, some of that comes with like the time, right? Like this is, you know, what it probably felt like back in the late nineties, early two thousands with like the dot com boom. And so I think that's something to like, we probably take for granted a little bit and like, it's very important. I think the other thing that's maybe more been like on the challenging side is I think you know, my career I've spent exclusively in early stage startups. So like, I'm pretty much like the opposite of corporate in every single way. I've never worked a corporate job in my life. But um, what I am really good at is being an operator and knowing how to scale an organization um, and be able to do it in a way where people understand how they grow and are rewarded and therefore like we ensure that we retain them and not happy and I think that um because that there's it's a young industry um people just don't even know what again like there's just basic like run-of-the-mill things that like from from my perspective are just kind of like you know the 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 rules of the road the tools of the trade um but there's definitely some like 
education that like that takes and also some like hesitancy around that. And so it's been a lot on me to like learn how I both like get that buy-in like from my leaders, from my team and not make them feel like, you know, I'm the the corporate shtick in the room because I'm really very much not. <laughs> and they could have ended up in a much worse situation. But I think, yeah, that was something that I wasn't like prepared for was just um, people not necessarily like understanding how this stuff works. Yeah. And, and, and Laura, like I would say too, like still, I'd say fairly new to the space. I know Rob's been in it for, for much longer. Um, and it seems like this is an ecosystem where history repeats itself. And like, there's still a very clear light at the end of the tunnel for Web3 and crypto, despite FTX, Luna, everything that's happened in the past six to 12 months. Um, but I feel like as an employee inside of an organization, there can be a lot of fear and uncertainty with that. I'm curious, how does BlockWorks continue to instill confidence, trust in just the overall Web3 ecosystem um, during this, this you know, bear cycle? Yeah. So I think it's kind of been in a combination of different ways. I think, you know, when I entered, it was the beginning of January, which was a tough time. And I think I had a chat with Mike and Jason and Julia, our COO, um, and it was really around like the only way that you can lead through tough times is by being transparent and also like recognizing the team for their hard work. And I think that that's what we've led with. I think that it doesn't work to try to like hide behind or or just be rah, rah, rah. Like you can't do, you can't be transparent and not encourage the team and constantly be, you know, being like, you know, this is, this is awesome. We're grinding through like, and you also can't just recognize and not be transparent what's going on. It's like, you have to have those like two sides of the coin. And that's really what we've been doing because at the end of the day, like that's all you can do. Like the facts are the facts, the mark, we can't control what's happening. We can only control our like reaction to it and how we lead through that. Um, so, and I think it's making sure that all of your leaders are on that same page, which ours like very much are. Um, and like lucky enough to work with um, founders and an exec team who just is so bought into what we're doing and therefore transparency and uh, recognition just like come very naturally. Those are, yeah, I think really good points and transparency within, within the space specifically to your employees, I, I feel like is, is so critical because this is, especially for somebody like, I feel like I can get jaded sometimes because I've seen a little bit and like within the industry, but you don't realize like somebody, you know, even like yourself that started six months ago when just like the wild shit that happens in this industry happens on a nearly daily basis. It seems like that you kind of have to have the empathy for that and realize like it's not everybody's first rodeo and you have to have like the education, the transparency there and, and, and all of those types of things. One thing that I've just kind of noticed and you know, we've had an opportunity to work with you and your team a little bit now too uh, but you have your block work seemingly has been continually growing at a steady clip, whereas I mean, the entire crypto industry in, in most respects, but especially like the media space is really, I think, gotten hit pretty hard by layoffs and things like that. And maybe this was kind of towards when you were joining, but what are things maybe you've noticed that the co-founders, Mike and Jason and, and, and Julia, um, 
like what have they perhaps done differently than some of these other companies that have allowed them to scale or things like that you've noticed that they've done where other companies just haven't right now? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think from from like what I've seen, um, you know, they chose to grow their business differently. I think some of this takes out the like web three, web two. It's like, just how do you build a business? Like business is business. And they, you know, they made the choice to in bull times not grow as quickly as other orgs did and that was like a concerted decision that's hard right like that's hard for founders to sort of like let that go and that comes from being you know founders who are very humble and yet also very driven um so i give like creds to to mike and jason and frankly like for me in my search of how it led me to blockworks a huge part of like what I've learned in my journey is it's really about the humans that I'm working for. And are they good humans? Are, do their values align with mine? Because at the end of the day, if they don't, like we're not going to be able to like do the thing and that it makes it, everything is easier when you start from that place. So I think that they left a lot on the table in the bowl, but that has allowed us to be able to build in a bear and like still be here. And I think they've led, you know, we were profitable since the beginning. They've led the company in that mindset and been really thoughtful about like where we scale up. And, you know, right now we are lucky enough to be hiring and doing a lot of hiring, but we're still being very thoughtful. We could easily go gangbusters right now. And we're not doing that because um, that's just not how we run our, our business. Um, and then I think that, you know, we also, they, we've been slow in how we build things. Like they could have started building Blockworks research at the beginning. It was something that was in their mind, but they decided to start with content and what, you know, was going to like build that foundation and that audience to be able to like have people excited about Blockworks research. So I think there's been that like, if you have too many priorities and try to do too many things, that's a just classic startup recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, when there's a lot of money being thrown at you in the space, I think it could be very easy to just be like, all right, let's build and, and scoop up as much talent, as many resources as possible. But I think Mike and Jason have really shown the entire industry, like they're extremely strategic and thoughtful with how they scale their team. And um, I think a big portion is not only are you guys hiring and scaling up, but you're retaining your talent, you know, in a, in a very strong way. I'd love to learn a little bit more about just like the onboarding process and, and what you guys or strategies you guys have implemented to keep the people at BlockWorks excited, happy, and, and continually building. Yeah. So I think when it comes to onboarding, to me, you know, there's the operational element of just like make a good process where people feel welcomed into the organization and they have the basics right i think what makes something like really special and stand out is being able to immerse them into the culture and like who we are and how we work and i think it's really like the how we work piece that's like so important to be able to translate in onboarding i think startups are really hard and everyone operates they all operate very differently and i think people also come to orgs with like their own baggage like experiences that like they had things that they're insecure or scared about 
and you really have to help them understand like the cultural fabric, which, you know, is things like, is it, can I just reach out to the founders? Like, is it a meeting heavy, heavy culture? Like, you know, do I have to prep a ton for presentations or people just show up? Um, and I think it's like all of these like little things that kind of sound silly, but like they actually amount to a lot. And especially for like very senior leaders and like one thing that is something I'm like going to be working on, we don't quite have yet, but I've established in other orgs is like having guiding principles, which are a little bit different than values. Um, they're really more of like a way to package up these types of things they help drive like action and decision-making to like be able to help you understand like how we work. Um, so to me, like though, those are sorts of things that I think really makes a great onboarding. I think there's kind of like the basics, but that's like the special sauce. And we've started doing a little bit of it. We have a, a ways to go, but I think that um, that to me is like where the magic happens. When you've been operating in this industry now and, and maybe just like seeing other companies or speaking to job seekers in this space, are there any like missteps or things that you think like the majority of companies could really improve upon when it comes to the people uh, kind of sector within their own companies? Yeah. I mean, I think like zooming out first, you know, I've sort of, it's really been a ride, like being in the people space for the past almost 10 years, because it's probably had like the most innovation and change that it's had in its entire existence. Um, and so I'm personally like very proud and excited to be a part of that. However, I think we as people leaders still have a lot of work to do to educate founders and teams and VCs on like what our value prop is, and especially within Web3. Um, so I think that that to me is like one of our like biggest missteps is like us as a space not doing a good enough job of like promoting like who we are and like what we really do for orgs. Um, because we do a lot and I think like it also I can kind of like break down like what a people like leader ultimately does I sort of said it at the beginning but it's really ensured that we build and maintain a culture and team that's aligned with the vision mission values in order to fuel performance and it's really not any more complicated than that but I like to kind of put it into like three buckets which is sort of like leadership, expertise, and culture. Like mm. leadership, from a leadership angle, it's a lot of working with our exact team to ultimately create the vision and strategy around everything related to people. And I think that's a piece that's like so, so important is it's ultimately not the people leader doing this. Like it is the most cross-functional role in an entire organization where if you are just driving this exclusively on your own, nothing good is going to come from it. Um, so that's like a huge piece. And then it's really building relationships with all of our leaders, like really spending the time coaching them to build and lead effective teams, solving business problems. So a huge element of it is being a leader and advising and partnering with the team on goal alignment and OKRs. Um, and I think that gets really lost in the shuffle about how integral that is. 
um, because I think people just focus on the expertise, which obviously is important. And that's, you know, how do we retain and reward and grow? So performance management, development and org design and all of like the operations that come with like the day to day, like payroll and the things that like have to get done. But like the things that have to get done, like are not like what's moving the needle on an organization. Um, and then there's like culture, which is really like establishing it if you're just entering an org or maintaining it if the org's, you know, figured out what its culture is. And then it's like bringing that to life. Like it, there is a culture no matter what, but it's like being able to understand like what that looks like in terms of all aspects of day-to-day life as an employee. Um, And also like being that person on the exact team who is taking a look at all of the company's plans and strategy and like ensuring that we are bringing the perspective of the impact on employees and the culture. Um, And I think like that culture piece and the leadership piece is really the real thing that we as people leaders are bringing to an organization that is like doing the work, but that gets so lost in the shuffle or it's just founders feeling like, you know, I've been doing all, I've been doing payroll. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And that's really not what's important. Um, And we have a lot of work to do in continuing to educate people on like what we can actually do. Um, So, yeah. Is there a specific size of organization that you feel like really starts to benefit? I'm sure there's a lot of like principles associated that kind of any size company could benefit from, but we work with a lot of early stage companies, sometimes five people, sometimes 10, 15, whatever it might be larger. But I'm curious if there's like a specific or, or general range where you start to get to a certain employee size and not having a, a, a people function internally or somebody heavily involved in that becomes almost a liability. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the magic number is like, when you're getting really close to 20, I think I've done fractional work. Um, and you know, I have a client that has about eight employees and really all I'm doing is, is advising the founder on just challenges. Um, there's really no like work, work to be done quite yet, but I think the minute you start getting into that, like 20 number, you really got to start like laying things down on the track. And I think, you know, there definitely has been this mindset of like, it's not a value add, like it's not a revenue driving function. Like we've all heard like these sorts of things, but the minute that you don't start to solve these challenges, the amount of problems that you get into and your inability to scale is just like insurmountable. And then what ends up happening, I mean, is a people leader enters the org at 50 or 60 people and there is just so much cleanup to do that either Mm. they burn themselves out in the role they can't hack it or like you know maybe they do hack it and they make it through but that's a huge challenge in our industry because we're all brought in so late to kind of do this cleanup um and i think that there is a huge trend now of fractional people, honestly, people in my space going to fractional because we're burnt out um, and we're 
like looking for something different, but I think also founders recognizing that they need to think about this stuff more and maybe they don't need someone full time, but like, Hey, if you build out a leveling matrix and a performance management system, when you're 25 people, that is a hell of a lot easier than when you're 60. Um, because it just complicates every single person that you bring in. Um, so yeah. I think that's like a whole nother podcast in itself right there's the timing of hiring HR, talent, people functions. I mean, I feel like just highlighting the the culture, I mean, and it sounds like you're wearing a million hats like like most people do in the Web3 space, but you're going to avoid a lot of different challenges later on once you, like you said, get to 50 or 60. Um, yeah, I, I guess on your end, like advice for early stage founders, like what, what are the, what is the key importance of HR and, and, and just people functions in general at an early stage? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the number one thing is really aligning on a set of values that are the most important thing to you um, and make sense for your organization. And that, and, and not only having them, but like actually living them and preaching them. I think every org I've ever, ever entered, they all had values. And I would ask everyone, what's the values? They had no idea. And so they really become void because no one knows what they are. So I think that's one thing. I think another thing is the culture is created within that first year. It doesn't matter if it was just you and a founder and one other person. It doesn't matter if you started with eight people. That is the culture. There's really not a lot you can change about that foundational culture that you've built. I can tell you about Blockworks, like the culture that was created back in 2017, the like building blocks of that are like still inherent today. And for us, that's great because it's really special. Um, so be really thoughtful about like how you show up and how you think about how you enable your team. Like every aspect of that is so essential, like in that first year. And it's not something to like, just not worry about it. Like it's something to like keep in the back of your mind. Um, and then I think third is, I think being open to what's like the best way to say this. I think recognizing that there are aspects of the space that are like very operational, but then recognizing the impact that a really great people leader can have even to you as an advisor at the beginning, the biggest challenge that you have when you are trying to figure things out in the, in the beginning is people. It's always going to be your biggest challenge. Like that's, that's literally what it is. Right. And if you can bring in a leader who can help you coach an organization and help you through these like really challenging periods, the faster you're going to be able to move. Like the people things are what slows you down. And it's the thing that founders like generally have like the least experience with or know how to deal with all of the things that come up with that. Um, so I think it's like being willing to invest there from the beginning and maybe still doing the payroll, but like being willing to invest in, in an advisor or something like that. Yeah, those are those are really good points, and and it, I think something that we see 
leaders struggle with and even just like having it's not a massive company but like having grown proof talent from myself to 11 people um people management's hard and i was never a like real manager of people prior to this so kind of learning on the job and figuring things out and making mistakes is is challenging and is is difficult and and i've kind of learned that the more you can lean on other people that have been there before that it will just shorten that like kind of span of mistakes and take it from six months to a month or something along those lines and i feel like that's just so crucial for having success especially in a space that moves as fast as this does or feels like it does sometimes like just cutting down on those mistake periods is is like critical and and doing that with people is is huge yeah absolutely and maybe to to finish off here with one last question now you're We've talked a lot about people, but you are involved in, in the recruiting and the hiring process at, at BlockWorks as well. What's maybe one final piece of advice that you would give to a job seeker within the crypto and Web3 space? Yeah, I think for people that are, you know, just deciding to enter the organization, I think BlockWorks particularly is like a really awesome opportunity for that. I think, you know, we are kind of in between the space, right? Like we have access to all of the players in this world. And so if you want to like dip your toes into the space, it's a great way to do that. I think the biggest thing is just like coming in with passion and curiosity and also like showing some like gumption. I think that that's a huge part of like our culture. And I think recently we had a candidate that we didn't move forward with, but like they basically on their own did a project for us and then like posted on Twitter and it was like really impressive. And I think that that like leaves an impression. And I think that's like a huge part of the world of crypto and web three is that like gumption because that's what it's going to take to be able to achieve this. Um, And I think that Mike and Jason as founders like really appreciate that. Um, and so do I. So that's gumption. <laughs> love that. Love that. Huge, huge shout out to Blockworks. You guys probably have one of the best Twitter games in the space. I yeah, I, I have notifications for every time you tweet. So I'm I'm loving all the content. We've got permissionless coming up as well, which I think is gonna be a huge event. Super exciting for for you guys as well. Um, and Laura, I just wanted to say thank you in general. Like since we started partnering with your guys' team, it's been really refreshing to work with a leader that's extremely organized, like well communication and just like super genuine. So yeah, hats off to the Blockworks team and I'm excited to see how you guys continue to grow in the space. Thank you. It's been awesome working with you all too, um, finding really great leaders and talent. And yeah, we are excited to see where we're going, Blockworks shooting to the moon right now um (laughs) yeah like and follow us on twitter and come to permissionless september 11th through 13th we are excited to head to texas awesome well thanks so much for coming on the podcast we really appreciate it thanks